Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. Agrees with the president, Congress must prevent that rail strike. How the chair of the D.C. Council describes some work habits in the city. This is Kyle Cooper. Also this morning. Inflation hits more than your grocery bill. I'm Kate Ryan. Good morning. Welcome in 1 o'clock on WTOP. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Christopher Cruz in Washington. American officials are closely watching the largest Chinese protests in decades. CBS's Ed O'Keefe says the rare public dissent is growing. This is by far the biggest challenge yet to Xi Jinping's zero-COVID policy, which has battered China's economy and locked down hundreds of millions of people in their homes. Furious, some people yelled what, until now, few would have even dared say aloud. Xi Jinping! Down with Xi Jinping. Down with the Communist Party. Congress is expected to order the 12 railroad unions in the U.S. and the railroads themselves to accept a contract deal in order to avoid a strike in a few days. Gregory DeYoung is an associate professor of operations management at Southern Illinois University. Certainly from a standpoint of expediency, just basically forcing the ratification of the current contract is uh, the fastest route, and that certainly looks like what Congress and the president are looking for right now is to get this thing off their plates. Congress hasn't intervened in railroad negotiations since 1992. Adobe Analytics projects we spent more than $11 billion on Cyber Monday. Adobe's Vivek Pandia says discounts are driving the sales. The discounts are stronger than we've ever seen on record for many categories, especially the major ones like electronics, and apparel and toys, and that's really been what's fueling the momentum we've been seeing out of Cyber Week. Adobe expects online sales between Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday will surpass $35 billion, an increase of 3.7% over last year. The world's largest active volcano continues to erupt. It's the first time it's done that in almost 40 years. Residents on the Big Island are being warned to be alert, but no evacuations have been ordered so far. You know, we're way overdue. We were way overdue for a monolithic eruption. The scientist in charge at the Hawaiian Volcano Observatory says there's no telling what may come next. We don't want to try and second guess the volcano. We have to let it actually show us what it's going to do and then we inform people of what is happening ASAP. Scientists say it could take weeks or months for the lava to reach residents if the volcano continues to erupt and local officials are urging people to stay calm and have a plan in place in case of an emergency. Stephanie Lum, CBS News, Honolulu. South Korea has extradited a 42-year-old woman to New Zealand two months after she was arrested following the discovery of the bodies of two long-dead children in abandoned suitcases. This is CBS News. When it comes to government security operations, Qzara CyberTorch can help. Working day and night, adversaries continue to focus on botnets, ransomware, and nation-state activities. Qzara CyberTorch is the only FedRAMP high-ready managed XDR security operations as a service built for government. Qzara CyberTorch's cloud-native SOC as a service integrates signals from over 500 security products, including OT, and uses security automation to respond to threats. Visit CyberTorch.com to learn more. That's CyberTorch. WTLP at 103. The Tuesday morning, 29th of November, 2022. Hardly cloudy and cold. Lows in the 30s and 40s before we're done by daybreak. Back up to 42 in our nation's capital right now. 
Good morning to you. Indeed, Blaine. We do indeed thank you for taking us along for your early morning ride. Topping the local stories we were looking at for you this morning, it was and had to be one of the most eerie sights in our area in quite a while. We're talking about that small plane flying into an electrical tower in Gaithersburg, and it was stuck there for a time. Now we're learning more here at WTLB this morning about the crash itself into those power lines that left two people stranded for about seven hours Sunday night. The small plane crashed in Montgomery Village around 5.30 on Sunday night, and it initially struck the power lines of one tower, then got stuck in another, said Montgomery County Fire Chief Scott Goldstein. Struck the lines of the North Tower and then became embedded in the South Tower. And the pilot and passenger were in the dangling plane for hours while they raided for rescuers to try to get them out. They were anxious. They were concerned about the stability of the aircraft. Both were taken to a local hospital. Their conditions have improved and one of them has been released. The plane was also taken out of the power lines but remains on the scene while the NTSB investigates. Stetson Miller, WTOP News. We're also learning here at WTOP this Tuesday morning that the NTSB plans to release a preliminary report of their investigation into this crash in two to three weeks. The pilot and passenger in Sunny Lights plane crash stayed calm as they talked by cell phone with a 911 caller. Pilot Patrick Merkel telephoned Montgomery County 911 to say he'd flown into a tower. Believe it or not, the aircraft is pinned in the tower. The pilot feared the plane could slip free from the tower's grasp and fall to earth. We can slide backwards and have absolutely nothing to protect us going down. Passenger Janet Williams pleaded for a swift rescue, and the 911 call taker offered encouraging words. Please hurry. They're moving as fast as they can, okay? They're going to get up to you guys. Emergency personnel checked with the crash victims by phone every 30 minutes. Dick Iuliano, WTOP News. WTOP at 105. Virginia Congressman Donald Meachin has died after a long battle with cancer. He was only 61. Meachin, a Democrat, had just won re-election for a fourth term in Virginia's 4th District. His chief of staff says he was diagnosed with colorectal cancer actually way back in 2013. Senators Mark Warner and Tim Kaine from Virginia this morning separately saying they have known McEachin for decades and in statements separately said they are devastated to learn of his passing. McEachin was the third African-American to represent Virginia in Congress. Money is being wasted in D.C., at least when it comes to fixing things at schools and other buildings. D.C. Council Chair Phil Mendelson says the work order process is, in his words, a mess. The result is that it's costing the city millions of dollars. A D.C. auditor's report found all kinds of issues with the Department of General Services responsible for fixing stuff and tracking it. In some work orders, before and after photos were not the actual project, but stock images found on the Internet. That's stupid is what occurs to me. I mean, why would one do that? Mendelson says the mayor is responsible for how the work gets done. Kyle Cooper, WTOP News. When prices go up, that has an impact on everything from the price of milk to building schools locally. This is the time of year when Montgomery County lawmakers are talking to their colleagues in Annapolis about what they need. And County Council President Gabe Albornoz said inflation will affect requests for things like school construction money. He also talked about another priority when the General Assembly session starts in January. Pedestrian safety as well as bicycle safety because, as we know, there have been too many tragedies here locally in Montgomery County and across the region. Among the bills that could be considered, one that would take the fines drivers' 
pay for blowing past stopped school buses and sending that money to the state to apply directly to improving safety at the site where the violation occurred. Kate Ryan, WTOP News. While retinitis pigmentosa takes Mark's vision, his family gives him hope, whether at the family business or at home with his wife and sons. He knows he's not fighting alone. For 50 years, the Foundation Fighting Blindness has funded research into treatments and cures for blinding retinal diseases, providing hope to people with vision loss. And for Mark, winning the fight means being there for his family. The Foundation Fighting Blindness. Together, we're winning. Help us end blinding diseases at fightingblindness.org. It is Tuesday morning, November 29th, 2022, where the time now is 108. Good morning. Slow or clogged drains? Call Michael and Son and get $100 off a train cleaning today. Driving good weather on the 8s and when it breaks. Good morning now to Rich Hunter in the WTOP Traffic Center. Uh, good morning, Dean. Right now, traveling on uh, 95 North and in Virginia, approaching Route 3, Fredericksburg, headed up toward the Rappahannock. The work zone blocks a single left lane. You get by without delay. Beyond that, nothing else in your way. Headed up toward the Beltway in Springfield, 395 Northbound. A uh, good start there between the Beltway and the 14th Street Bridge. And you do have the express lanes open on both 95 and 395 now. So that's an option for you as well. George Washington Parkway in good shape in both directions. Delays have finally eased getting into Reagan National. It's about time. Uh, so, again, no worries on uh, the GW Parkway in another direction at the airport. Route 1 uh, getting to the airport access road and over toward the terminal also much better at this hour. 66 eastbound between 29 and 28 in Centerville. Single left lane past the work zone down to a single left lane again between 123 and Nutley Street. Approaching the beltway, the work zone blocks a single right lane. Adaloop headed south to the American Legion Bridge to a point just beyond the bridge for Georgetown Pike. Single file left past the work zone there. Maryland 210 northbound at last check still closed for the investigation between Swan Creek Road and Fort Washington Road. Pedestrian-involved crash which occurred last night in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, southbound, they had some additional response there blocking the left lane, so just be aware. Northbound traffic was being diverted into the service roadway to get around the incident. Rich Hunter, WTOP Traffic. Starting off your Tuesday morning, a little bit on the cool side. Not as cold as we've been over the past couple of weeks here, but still close to freezing in many areas. And the city will be upper 30s to around 40. Afternoon temperatures in the low to mid-50s. I'm going 53 degrees in the city with partly cloudy and mostly cloudy skies. Now on Wednesday, plenty of cloud cover and rain. We'll see periods of rain, some of it heavy, high of 60. Rather windy, too. Winds gusting 30 to 40 miles an hour, bringing with it colder air behind that system. Thursday, a high temperature in the mid-40s. Wind chills in the 30s. I'm Storm Team 4, Chief Meteorologist Doug Cameron. It's 34 degrees in Chantilly, 41 this morning in Penn Quarter, 40 in Columbia. We're at 42 in Holding in our nation's capital this 1 a.m. hour, Tuesday morning, November 29th. Welcome into WTOP. Glad you're with us this early morning. Brought to you this check by Long Fence. Save 15% on Long Fence decks, pavers, and fences. Go to longfence.com today and schedule your free in-home estimate. The latest on the war up ahead this half hour on WTOP. But dissension in China is next. You're with WTOP and Dean Lane. WTOP and Silver Diner bring you free lunch Friday to thank you for listening to WTOP at home, at work, or on the go. Three winners every Friday for dine-in lunch only at 18 Silver Diner locations. Enter today at WTOP.com. Search free lunch Friday. Traffic in the D.C. region is constantly changing. If you spot a major incident that we're not already reporting, call the WTOP Traffic Center at 866-304-WTOP. That's 866-304-WTOP. Traffic in the D.C. region is constantly changing. If you spot a major incident...
Okay, just want to make sure you heard that. This is WTOP News. WTOP at one eleven. Good morning. Glad you're with us this early morning on WTOP. From Shanghai to Beijing, protests have erupted across China. As numbers increase at demonstrations in major cities, so too, we're told, are the number of complaints. Some people call for greater democracy and freedom right now in China. This morning, Scott Kennedy with the Center for Strategic and International Studies, who's recently come back from nearly two months on an extended research tour in China. This morning on what's sparking the wave of unprecedented protests in China right now. For three years, the Chinese have been practicing this policy of zero COVID, which is to eliminate transmission of the virus as opposed to dealing with uh, the negative health effects. And that's required quarantines, lockdowns, scanning one's phone to enter any type of building, testing, significant constraints, and people are basically fed up with it. Then you throw in a fire in Western China last week that killed 10 people, and some people accuse zero COVID policies of making it more difficult to firefighters to get there, and you see people just uh, deciding to, to protest and call for the end of the policy. Now, the demonstrations presumably were not happening while you visited recently, but were you able to see other signs that something like this might be going on, that the atmosphere, if you will, was ripe for this kind of thing? Well, sure. In talking to average people, they've really grown tired of of all of these controls, particularly since March in the wake of Omicron. Zero COVID really wasn't able to totally control the virus, and it's led to the Shanghai lockdown, which was very traumatizing for people. And so you could hear in individual stories, really tragic experiences, and no plan to get beyond this. And so I think people are just now showing that frustration out on the streets in social media. And we have seen videos all along of those people in hazmat suits rather violently taking people away. The use of violence, did you experience that firsthand? I don't mean on yourself, but but as you traveled around? Folks wearing those big white outfits that we see, even flight attendants on airplanes and folks in train stations and hotels would dress like that as a precautionary measure. But also there are security folks that dress like that as well. And so it's certainly a scary thing for someone to see from the outside. I was lucky. I did go through quarantine in China for 10 days and had to do all the things to get into buildings and taxis, but I didn't experience the type of things that Chinese have been going through and that they're complaining about now. Can we tell right now whether this may be the start of some kind of revolution, or is it a flare-up that could fizzle out? I think it's very unlikely that this translates into a broad mass movement that calls for Xi Jinping, the Chinese leader, to step down or the overthrow of the party. I think most of the protesters would be satisfied with a ending of zero COVID, even if not immediate, but a clear roadmap to that end. The question is, will the party assent to those demands? Will they give a clear timeline for what they might do, or are they just going to crack down on Monday? There weren't a lot of protests on the streets of China, but a lot of police presence. So we're going to have to watch over the next few weeks to see how this develops, to see if if they can get their arms around it, or if it translates into something much larger. With the latest um, protests and demonstrations in China, that's Scott Kennedy with the Center for Strategic and International Studies, talking there with our Dimitri Sotis. You are listening to 103.5 FM at WTOP.com. Sports at 15 and 45, powered by Red River. Technology decisions aren't black and white. 
Think Red. Good Tuesday morning, November 29th. Sports time indeed at 1.15. And here's Rob once again this morning. The Wizards emphatically return to the win column, setting season highs in points scored and margin of victory in a 142-27 blowout of the Minnesota Timberwolves. That snaps a three-game slide. Kristaps Porzingis scored a career-best 41 points to lead the effort, but Wes Unsell Jr. says of a defense that forced 18 turnovers that led to 29 points. Some of them we fell into, honestly, but the hand activity, our awareness, getting in the guys and being a little bit more physical at the point of screens, trying to take things away when we could, but the fact that we were able to turn teams over and capitalize was really, a, going into this game, a point of issue. So we were able to capitalize on that tonight, which is a big positive. The T-Wolves lost Carl Anthony Towns to a leg injury in the third quarter. Minnesota is optimistic is not serious. Virginia Tech also enjoyed a double-digit home win over Minnesota, beating the Golden Gophers 67-57. Since week six, the Washington Commanders' 6-1 and record and plus-seven turnover ratio are the NFL's best. The defense has allowed the fewest points and fourth-fewest yards over that same span, and Ron Rivera as a pretty straightforward approach to the rest of the season. The next step would be to score a few more points and not allow a few more points. And instead of winning games by one score, maybe you win a few more by two or three scores. I think that's the next evolution. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Taylor Heineke. That burgundy and gold offense, ninth worst in both scoring and passing yardage. In the other football, it's win or go home for Team USA in the World Cup. A draw or a loss to Iran Tuesday afternoon would eliminate the Americans. Rob Woodfork, WTOP Sports. All right, thanks, Rob, as always. Good Tuesday morning, 117 on WTOP. Luckily, a woman is under arrest this morning following a fire in Landover Hills over the weekend, Sunday night in specific, that investigators believe was actually set. Two people were taken to the hospital with serious injuries after that blaze at a multifamily home located on Warner Avenue. Thirteen other residents were displaced. The unnamed woman who was arrested and charged with multiple counts of arson, malicious burning, and reckless endangerment. All this in connection with that fire. Damage is estimated this morning at at least 100000 bucks. The investigation ongoing. A Prince George's County student is under arrest, accused of bringing a gun to school. County police say a classmate saw the 16-year-old student showing off the gun on the bus on the way to Frederick Douglass High School on Monday morning. The gun was apparently unloaded, but police say there was ammo in the student's backpack. The child is being charged this morning as an adult with multiple charges related to having a gun on school grounds. Coming up on WTOP after traffic and weather, the top stories we're following for you this Tuesday morning, 1 a.m. hour. A progressive Democratic congressman from Virginia has passed away, and the Senate is set to vote on legislation to protect same-sex and interracial marriages later today. Stay with WTOP for more on these stories in just minutes. For the time now is one eighteen. Traffic and weather on the 8s and when it breaks. First to Rich Hunter this morning at the WTOP Traffic Center. Uh, good news. Just got off the phone with the Fairfax County Police. Southbound 29 at Trinity Parkway in Centerville. The crash investigation completed. All lanes have been reopened. There's no left overlay, so good news. Traffic flowing freely once again on both sides of 29 between uh, 66 and Route 28. So good news there. Speaking of 28, southbound 28, as you approach and pass through the 66 interchange, stay left past the work zone. By the time you're over 66, headed toward 29, you're down to a single left lane. So be aware, uh, not causing much in the way of delays. But again, that changes from time to time, especially when more folks get out on the roadway. Westbound 66, working out near 123 block in a single right lane between Route 50 and the Fairfax County Parkway. Single file right past the work zone. And again, as you approach 28, Single right lane gets you by. Keep mine on the westbound side. The ramp to go south on 28 exit 53A is blocked as part of that work zone. Beyond that, nothing else in your way. Headed out toward Haymarket. 
Maryland 270 north on near Montrose Road. Stay left past the work. Brief delay there. Further north near Montgomery Village Avenue, that crash cleared. And then just passing uh, 85 Bucky's Town Pike and Frederick. Single left lane through the construction, but as of late, delays have been brief. 270 south from Frederick down to the Beltway looking good. Over on the Bay Bridge, eastbound span blocked for overnight maintenance. Westbound carries two-way traffic only for each direction and travel with a buffer in between. And right now, no reported delay. There's also a work zone on US 50 leaving the district, headed out toward Columbia Park Road in Chevrolet. You're down to a single right lane through that work zone. Rich Hunter, WTOB Traffic. No problems waking up, stepping out the front door here on your Tuesday morning. You're going to be a little chilly to start off the day, but not too bad during the afternoon. Highs in the upper 40s to low 50s with some sun through some cloud cover as well. Wednesday, we'll see high temperature around 60, but that comes with clouds, rain early in the day, and then windy and turning much colder in the afternoon. I'm Storm Team 4, Chief Meteorologist Doug Kammerer. 34 degrees at Fort Belvoir, 41 both in Foggy Bottom and Silver Spring. We're at 42 at our nation's capital, 1 a.m. hour, Tuesday morning, November 29th. Welcome into WTOP. Glad you're with us at 103.5 FM, WTOP.com, and of course, on the WTOP app. This latest check brought to you this morning by Lynn the Plumber. Trusted, same-day service, seven days a week. Check him out, Lynn the Plumber. Latest on the war next on WTOP. Working on a nightmare. You're with WTOP and Dean Lane. At 120. God, I'm so stressed about my business not being ready for the holidays. Uma. What is that? Meditation? I'm recommending the Uma cloud phone system with auto attendant and more than 35 features. Uma? Yep. Switching to Uma is a cinch. Starts at $19.95 per month per user, plus taxes and fees. Uma. Now you're feeling it. Visit Uma.com. That's O-O-M-A dot com to learn more. Uma. Smart communications for the smarter business. You're listening to WTOP News. November 29th, Tuesday morning at 121. Glad you're with us this early morning on WTOP. Welcome in. Now to the latest of the war this morning. Life in Ukraine is about to get much, much worse as December and winter descend on a country which is already suffering widespread power outages. But despite the looming dark days, the country got a big shot in the arm this week. This morning, WTOP National Security Correspondent J.J. Green updates us. The ministers of foreign affairs from Estonia, Finland, Iceland, Latvia, Lithuania, Norway, and Sweden all went to Kyiv. This was the biggest international visit to Kyiv since the beginning of Russia's war against Ukraine started in February, and it's more proof of Europe's commitment to help Ukraine. They met in Kyiv with the CEO of Ukrainago and the deputy prosecutor general of Ukraine. The objective was to send a clear signal about Ukraine's priorities at the moment. And they were hoping that countries that are still on the fence about the necessity of a special tribunal for investigating the crime of aggression would get on board. The CEO of Ukrainago also said that not only are weapons needed, but also power generators and transformers are needed because Russia continues to try to knock out as many of Ukraine's power infrastructure pieces as it can, and they fear another massive wave of those attacks are coming in the days ahead. Well, J.J., what about some of the hardest-hit areas like Kherson? Are people trying to hunger down and wait out the winter? Are they trying to get out? What's going on here? It's a mix of decisions. Some people are trying to stay and weather the winter. Others are trying desperately to get out. In both of those places, uh, Mikolaev and Kherson, 
Uh, I'm speaking about people there have been under Russian occupation for a lot longer than people in other areas of Ukraine, and they've suffered far more. So some of them are defiantly staying and celebrating their victory, at least in Kherson, of waiting out Russia's occupation, and some have simply suffered enough. They just want to get out. But at the end of the day, many of the people there that I've spoken to or heard from believe they can make it through the winter, and it's going to be a lot brighter next year. But we also have to keep in mind that a lot of the people that may want to leave don't have the means anymore because almost everything in some of those places has been destroyed. With the latest of the war between Russia and Ukraine, WTOP National Security Correspondent J.J. Green talking with Sean and Hillary. You are listening to 103.5 FM and WTOP.com. I had an important job. And it wasn't just a job. It was keeping my brothers and sisters safe. And coming back, it felt like kind of thrown away. It's like you're useless. You know, um, we don't really have a need for you now because you can't really do anything for us. That's the way I felt. If it hadn't been for Wounded Warrior Project, I honestly don't know if I would be here. It was the camaraderie that I saw and had. It was like I got my family back again. We all felt the connection, you know, like that brother and sisterhood. See how Wounded Warrior Project empowers women veterans like Donna by visiting woundedwarriorproject.org slash empowerwomenvets. WTOP at 125 on your Tuesday morning, November 29th. Glad you're with us. Money news each half hour at 25 and 55 on WTOP. This is a Bloomberg Money Minute. With the threat of a nationwide railroad workers strike looming just ahead of the holidays, President Biden is calling on Congress to take action and stop a possible shutdown of the country's freight lines. Right now, four dissenting unions have until December 9th to approve a negotiated contract deal. We'll see if investors can recover from yesterday's setback. Stocks tumbled on concern about China and COVID and also on worries about the Fed and more rate hikes. Fed Chair Jay Powell will be giving a speech tomorrow. A setback last week for companies trying to get more of their workers back at their office. Castle System says the share of workers in the office was only 38% of pre-pandemic levels. And IKEA planning to cut prices on some of its do-it-yourself furniture, telling Reuters it can lower prices thanks to lower costs for raw materials and for shipping. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Denise Pellegrini on WTLP. Providing health care to people who need it most. That's the simple but powerful purpose behind Doctors Without Borders. We treat wounded people in war zones, care for malnourished children, and provide safe reproductive health care. We're on the ground in emergencies, from Ukraine to Afghanistan. We put patients first. And we go where we're needed most. Because at Doctors Without Borders, we believe people deserve to be treated with compassion and dignity. We treat our patients completely free of charge and without regard to race, religion, or politics. Doctors Without Borders has provided free, life-saving medical care for over 50 years. And thanks to the 6 million people around the world who support our work, Doctors Without Borders will... All I want for Christmas is a DWI. Yeah, said no one ever. Impaired driving kills the holiday spirit. Drive sober, drive smart. Extra enforcement now on Minnesota roads. A message from the Minnesota Department of Public Safety.